to God be the glory. Welcome back to another episode of How Long with me, Madison Long. I hope you had an amazing week and are having an amazing day today on this wonderful Friday. I don't know about y'all, but I love Fridays. It's the end of the week and it's basically the prelude to the weekend. So with that said, have fun today and this weekend and be sure to take the time to be with people who love and care about you. You owe it to yourself to be around the people that you love and who care about you. Take that time. You owe it to yourself to be around people who genuinely care about you and check up on you often. Have fun with these people. Enjoy that time, especially given the whole quarantine fiasco. Take the time to be grateful for the little things, whether it's good friends, good health, or even the fact that you woke up this morning. Just take the time to do that. I promise you, it makes you feel 10 times better and it will allow you to have a much better look outlook on life. So just give it a try and see how it goes. But anyways, I have a good one for y'all today. As you can see, the title of this episode is long enough. So if you notice that I did not post an episode last week, you know it's time to get into it. Like, for real. <laughs> and let me tell you, what I'm about to speak on is so long overdue. I cannot stress that enough. But y'all have waited long enough. So with that said, let's get into it. Okay, y'all, I'm going to be talking about the matters. Yes, the matters. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and Black Lives Matter. If you're not aware of these matters, it's okay. You're in luck because I'm here to tell you a little bit about them. I want you to also take what I tell you a step further and do your own research into these matters and develop your own understanding of them. Because like I said before, I'm not on here to create a group think or a one-sided opinion on an issue. I'm here to speak on issues that I'm passionate about and voice my solutions to them. So by all means, receive what I say and fact check me. I encourage you to do it and I will stand by to receive the update. And I would expect you all to do the same because I think that's a big issue we face in America. I'm, I'm sorry, I know I'm supposed to be talking about the matters, but I have to say this real quick. <laughs> As Americans, we tend to ignore the other side when they speak. Now, y'all, it's not the easiest thing to do. I get it. Trust me. The last thing I used to want to do is listen to what someone said if I thought they were wrong. Because it's so easy to be so anxious to get out what you want to say, you know. And it's so easy to do because you want to be heard. Then someone had to tell me, my mom, to see outside of myself for a second and look at the other perspective. And it's so helpful because you remember the other person wants to be heard. You see, the issue with the arguments in America is this. Two sides are talking, right, and yelling and screaming and making statements, right? But which one is listening and taking notes and learning? Hmm? Which one is trying to understand what's being conveyed? I'm telling y'all, it's hard. It's the road less traveled, but I'm telling you. If you just listen for a second, you might just hear something that surprises you. And you're probably like, wow, Maddie, just listen. Oh, okay. Such an enlightening conclusion. Wow. You really did it this time. No, it's more than just listening. However, listening is the first step. Because you can't run till you walk and you can't walk till you crawl, right? So listening is necessary if you really want a conversation to be worth having. If I wanted to talk and not listen, I'd talk to a wall. I mean, not really, but you get what I'm saying. You have to be able to tell yourself, okay, I've talked long enough. It's time to listen. And after both parties listen and give each other a chance to speak, then a compromise or understanding should take place. But before this, we must listen. We can't fix anything if we don't know what has to be fixed, right? Okay? 
Okay, sorry. Back to what I came here to talk about, the matters. Sorry, y'all, but I really felt like that was something that should be said. Okay, but let's get into it for real. So let's start with the first matter. You'll see why I say matter and not movement as you continue to listen. But um, yeah, the first matter, which is actually a movement created by four women of color. I say that to be politically correct. (laughs) But just to be clear, they are black women because I had to represent, you know. But yeah, this matter is actually a movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, this movement was created to protest and advocate against the injustices and wrongful acts of police officers. The movement was created during the wake of Trayvon Martin's death. And if you do not know Trayvon Martin and what happened to him, just please go do some research on it because I can't go into it right now, even though I really want to. It's a lot. And talking about it will take up the rest of the entire show. However, it is extremely important that you know about it. And if you don't, it was a very pivotal event. But yeah, the mission of the Black Lives Matter movement goes like this. I am taking this straight off their official page. Working toward a world where Black lives are no longer systematically targeted for demise. We affirm our humanity, our contributions to the society, and our resilience in the face of deadly oppression. Oh, and I didn't read the All Lives Matter mission statement because when I researched it, I couldn't find one or a website with a platform. I'm not really sure how... You can have an organized movement without a platform, but it is what it is, I guess. If you're starting to question the message or the intention of All Lives Matter, that's normal, and you should. Oh, I almost forgot. In the wake of final attention on the 400-plus years of oppression of people of color, Blue Lives Matter came to be. I finally found their page at the bottom of the results as a New York chapter. They were founded in 2014 by three men who have served in the field. You can research them at bluelivesmatternyc.org. Their mission statement is to help law enforcement officers and their families during their time of need. They have gained popularity over the past couple years as Black Lives Matter gained momentum. Look, I don't have hostility towards protecting and serving. I don't see how anybody could, but to detract from a bigger issue it just makes me question whether or not you are serving me or serving yourself. Yes, inherently, the lives of police officers matter. But blue lives? I can't really speak on that because blue isn't a race that someone can wear 24-7. But since the movement is mainly in New York, the advocacy and spread is hard to document, given that it is neither officially recognized in the U.S. However... People who tend to follow this movement also tend to follow closely with All Lives Matter. However, the Black Lives Matter movement was founded on July 13, 2013, by four women of color who have expressed multiple potentials in their endeavors to evolve and fight against the injustices people of color face. They have also achieved many great strides. They are excellent examples of what I like to call black girl magic. 
Now, I'm not going to say too much about them because while they are powerful and courageous, I want you to go out and read for yourselves on the official Black Lives Matter page, as well as through other avenues of the web. The Black Lives Matter movement also advocates for Black queer and trans people, disabled people, undocumented people, people with records, women, and all Black lives along the gender spectrum. Quote, our network's centers those who have been marginalized with Black liberation movements. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see any hints or signs that the movement is inherently violent or is promoting violence. But what about the violent protesters and rioters? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up and I'll, I'll address it like this. Trevor Noah, host of The Daily Show, answered this so profoundly. He said, there is a distinction between a movement and the people. And I thought this was so profound because oftentimes people tend to criticize a movement because of the actions of the people. Now look, y'all know people are crazy. That is just a human thing. That's not a black thing or a white thing. That's just a thing about human beings. And it's dangerous because what it's doing is blocking people from seeing the real message. The way I see it, and remember, this is my opinion. The way I see it, the Caucasian people once again, trying to be politically correct here, who want to generally understand the oppression in America are having a hard time because they are seeing some people who claim association with the Black Lives Matter movement targeting white people. So then their automatic thought is, oh, Black Lives Matter? Oh, well, all lives matter then. Because they are then seeing people who claim association to a nonviolent movement acting violently. While this argument can be convenient when what you are seeing aligns with the conclusion you have already came to, it's not fair because once again, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, there are some crazy people out there. So to pin the actions of a few to an entire movement is really just ignorant. And then to come up with a name similar to an actual movement, that's just ignorant. Because then I have to ask, are you trying to understand or cover your ears? Are you trying to help or hurt? Like I said before, there are Caucasian people who genuinely don't understand, but have the intention to, while there are those who understand, yet choose to be on the opposing side because they're aware of their privilege. Okay, remember that because that's important. So to the first category of Caucasian people, yes, your life inherently matters. When we say Black Lives Matter, think of it as having an invisible two, T-O-O, attached to the end of it because what has happened is that we have been silenced and taken advantage of in the streets, in our work areas, in our bodies, and most importantly, in our mind. So when you say all lives matter, we feel as though you are trying to yet again take away our voice. And I say this from a place of understanding because I want you to get it. Those of you who express genuine concern as any human being should, I really appreciate your active will to listen. Now to my Caucasians that need extra love. Look, yes, we are upset about slavery, upset about Jim Crow, upset about institutionalized racism, and we are mainly upset that you won't acknowledge it. Look, I know I am your deepest fear. I know that if my people come to power, you think that what y'all did to us, we will do to you. Louis Farrakhan, look him up. And you have the right to think that way, but we just wanna live. We want to be able to sleep in our own apartments, wear a hoodie, be a kid, drive comfortably down the road. We just want to be free, okay? 
I've always found it funny how freedom never followed after free labor. I don't have to remind you of history because you already know it. You wrote it for crying out loud. And while you did not include everything, I know it pains you to know that even in the midst of our struggle, we still prevailed. We still kept pushing. I know it is something you have to understand and come to grips with. But through this struggle, our pain and our voices are the reason you have a country. The country you love so very much. I am not like you. And that is the one thing I can thank you for. I don't hate you in my heart. I don't hold hate in my heart for you. As a result of your hate and demise, my people have stepped up to the plate and fought. Every blow, every bullet, every word, we take it because we know we are so much more than what you say. While many of you are Caucasian evangelists, you shouldn't fear me. You should really fear God. Whenever you get a chance, flip back to Exodus and see what God provided for the midwives. It's okay. I'll just tell you. It was because they feared God. When God said, love thy neighbor as you love thyself, I'm not a commodity, so therefore I am not exempt. Hate is not a good look on y'all, I'm telling you. I'm nobody's judge, but God is watching me just like he's watching you. God hears our groan. He hears our prayers. I just need you to hear me because it's been long enough. Okay, so since we got the love going around, I might as well share it with some of my Caucasian folks who are in school now getting educated on oppression. So the lesson today is on privilege and you're in luck because your friend Webster helped us define it. He defines it as a right or immunity granted as a peculiar benefit, advantage, or favor. So since race relations have been at a boiling point, let's talk about race or a race in this example. So let's say we have two people running, right? When the referee blows his whistle, boop, the first person starts running. Okay, got that? Okay. After he blew his whistle, he only allowed the first guy to go, while the second guy had to wait about 60 minutes. Yep, that's, that's an hour. That's a long time, right? Yeah, I know. So once the second guy is starting to run, the first guy is on his way to the finish line. Now, do you think this was a fair race? Which runner do you want... Do you think that you would wanna be? You see, it's easy for the first runner to say the race was fair because he won, right? It doesn't matter if the other racer had a fair shot. He won and he gets the prize. But you see, I bet you if that first runner was in the same position as his opponent, he would have not thought the race was fair. You see, the, per the perspective of the first runner was clouded because his privilege allowed him to start and finish the race. Yeah, I'm sure he ran into some rocks along the road and maybe slowed down at some points, but at least he was able to start, right? This race is a representation of the social political climate right now. And the privilege to succeed in America on a less difficult path belongs to Caucasians, which is known as white privilege. Now, your Caucasian counterparts probably told you that this white privilege is not a thing. Do you think they really believe that? They told you that because if you recognize your privilege and try to help us, you will be an ally in fighting against their agenda. 
makes sense? Just ask them about it. Just ask them how they feel about reparations. And let me know what they say. They love that question. And if they say something about bootstraps, tell them I would love to own a pair because I've actually never owned any. Okay, y'all, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you let me know by DMing me or following me on Instagram and hitting me with some feedback. I want to know what y'all think and tell me, was this episode long enough? Because I had to make up for last week. (laughs) No, but a big shout out to all of you who have listened every week. I appreciate and love all of you. Oh, and a shout out to the newcomers as well. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, be happy, be kind and stay faithful. Oh, and don't forget to stay tuned to the end to hear another quote. So today's quote is from one of my favorite authors, James Baldwin. He said, quote, please try to remember that what they believe as well as what they do and cause you to endure does not testify to your inferiority, but to their inhumanity, end quote. I love this quote so much, and I hope you do as well. Peace. Peace.